Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The first four hours were simply an amuse-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast, podcast scene. Brought to you by Xtend. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Uh, so I went back and listened to the show To what? To the show. To our show? Every day. Every day. Already? Yes, ten oh six. I really thought our conversation surrounding the excitement of this year's Cavs team was really good. Are you serious? Or are you yeah. just being a jerk? No, about I it? did. In fact, that's the first time that me and you have yelled at each other or about the Cavs in a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I saw we had like one person. We're always going to have one person. So I don't know why I'm giving this person, you know, the time or the energy. We're always going to have one person say, stop talking Odell or stop talking LeBron. Or Which whatever. is asinine because I, I said this to you on the phone yesterday. Let me just say this. If you spend four hours with your buddy, I'll kiss your bare ass if Baker Mayfield doesn't get brought up. If you listen to us and you are with your buddy, bar, basement, wherever, for four hours, you're going to mention Baker Mayfield. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I know you tune in at your time and it's your convenience and sometimes you tune in at the wrong time. You're like, they're talking Odell again. They're talking Biker again. Well, it's a four-hour conversation. It's bound to get brought up. I got to agree because what you don't do at the bar, or at least I don't do this with my friends. We don't just say, yeah, the Cavs are fun. And that's it. Like, that's not or, that's not what anybody does. I don't know. what it, Man, that conversation gets old really fast. Uh, so I think it's fun. To try to sit there, and I, I love to bring out memories and to bring out emotions. So I love comparing. Everyone's like, why, why did you guys do that win? Why are you comparing this team? Why am I comparing them to the, I almost swore, to the most wow. incredible team of our lives? That's that's awesome. Which I was told swearing was allowed, cussing was allowed, and now it's not. Like, the fact that we're even doing that is awesome. That means this team has a chance. That means this team is incredible. Like, I almost think sometimes that people preemptively, they don't want to get hurt. So they don't want to go down a road. But I'm like, that that 2016 team, those first LeBron teams, people have clearly forgotten. Anybody that wants to call up and say, this team is more fun than those first LeBron teams, I don't think you remember 
how much fun. Like, opening night, Sacramento, LeBron's first game. One of the great moments, I will never forget it. So if you're sitting here telling me now this is all better than that, you clearly have done something in your mind to block out all those great emotions because of the way you got hurt because Uh, of the decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, The second time around, I think it was a business decision. I, I think people, it's hard. I think it's very hard for teams to, I feel like I'm giving a deposition. What the hell's going on? We got Sam Acho coming on here soon. I need the sheet. I want to make sure I get his product right. It's right. Ra- it's it's Radio Row Radio. So I'm so, double A. I'm I'm, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna upset double A. I totally misplaced the sheet. I think I accidentally threw it away. This I'm is sorry. a disaster. I apologize. But we got Sam Macho coming up. Um, I think that a lot of people they just don't want to be so strong held by strongly held by one player for their future. Like you notice, it is getting a little ugly with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, just like it got ugly with Brett Favre at the end because. Like Jordan Love, I don't think Jordan Love's probably going to be much, but they didn't know that Aaron Rodgers was going to be Aaron Rodgers then, so they probably thought Aaron Rodgers is going to be much, and here's a guy jerking us around. Yep. And so, I, you know, some people, they, they draw racial lines, class lines. Yes, that's absolutely partially true. There's truth to that. Truths to that. But I do think that there is the baseline of nobody wants their favorite team to be held in the power of one player. We, we, it's normal to be in the power of the owner or a general manager, but a player is a totally different thing. And so you will see separation. And it's also like if they were playing, if they were both retired, if Kyrie and LeBron were retired, I think it would be different. They're still playing. And I think that people get upset because they want their favorite team to win. And then you have the subsect of fans who basically are telling you, you're not a good basketball fan if you are not actively kissing the ass of LeBron and Kyrie at all moments. It's like, no. Like I told I had that rant with you the one day about the over-romanticization of basketball. I've had a lot of coffee. It's the first time I've had coffee in 10 days. I've had booze more recently than coffee because of the sicknesses. <laughs> um, I don't like how we have to just overly romanticize basketball. I, I it's It's the most annoying thing about it. Like, Football doesn't have that. Baseball baseball has, like, this nostalgia they to do. it. Yeah. But that's okay. Like, this whole, like, I can't just like basketball. No, I have to get naked and make sweet love to basketball. I mean, I need to look basketball in the eye and have missionary sex with basketball. Like, no. Like, no. It, and it's like, you can't just like basketball. You can't just be a fan if you are not in love with LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Durant and every single player who's played the freaking game, you are not a fan. I hate that. It piss, It actually oh, pisses yeah. me off, and I think a lot, a lot of fans feel that way. LeBron plays for the Cat, or LeBron plays for the Lakers, and Kyrie plays for the Nets, and both are supposed to be getting in the way of your happiness. No, you don't have to sit there and bow to the altar every and I don't, single time. I don't time. accuse you of doing that. Either. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying you do that. Um, uh, by the way, you just the way. How, how, did you like how descriptive I got? I did. Close, so close no. to Valentine's Day. That's very good. So. Uh, only Jeff Phelps could do it better. Here is what I, I was thinking about when you started talking about that and the power of basketball. So every sport is different in the playoffs and becomes life or death, right? Baseball, I got to be honest, baseball playoffs are not fun for me because it's too antagonizing. It's too really? much. It's too much anxiety. Every That's pitch. That's the reason I mean, people like it. When you're, yeah. Oh, when Which, you, oddly enough, is the reason people say they don't like it during the regular season. When you take a step back 
if you if you aren't all in on one team in baseball, October is pretty special. But when it's your team and your starting pitcher is is up is is behind the count and it's 2 0, mm-hmm. I'm losing my mind already. It could be the first play, first batter of the game, and I'm like, oh my God, he's working too hard. He's working too hard, doesn't have it. Doesn't have it. Oh my god, I remember watching game seven like that wow. with um with Corey Kluber. And I remember texting somebody who uh covers the team and I got yelled at. It's game seven. I know who you're I'm you I'm liquored up and very early on I say, Oh my god, he doesn't have it. And was I being ridiculous? Of course was I right? Kinda. Was I being ridiculous? Actually, you were. Was I was I being ridiculous? Yes. It's not fun to watch baseball like that. Now, football. Football, I mean, you hand the ball off to a running back, and he gets two yards on that first carry, and you're like, oh, my God, this is hard to watch. I'm, I'll never forget 2002 National Championship. I think Craig Krenzel got sacked on the first play or something. It's so hard to watch. It's so hard, football. And then basketball is interesting because you know there's going to be a run. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to have great moments. And, I mean, the high fives during a basketball game in the playoffs, there's like a 100 of them because yeah. you're scoring. You're going to score – a hundred points or around a hundred points. It's true. And there are so many moments where that bring a smile to your face. Then you come back down, you don't get back on defense, you give up a layup. It just is amazing how you'll watch these games differently. But there's no doubt the Cavs regular season run has just been terrific. That's a good point. That is a good point. By the way, I put my phone down. Listen to this. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't as uh, I wasn't as because I I thought it sounded almost like on Fox, like that right there, that hit. Sounds like when you're watching like a baseball game on Fox and a ball hits the backstop mm-hmm. and it goes boom and you can hear it really good because they, they got good mics on Fox. They do a they good do. job with their baseball presentation on Fox. I have made this point. Oh, I wrote it down. I have not done this on the air because no one would care and nobody cares about audio engineering. I'd mm-hmm. really bore a lot of people. Well, it's our podcast. We do whatever the hell we want here. It, Sam Acho joins us soon. Go ahead. Football, they have really done away with making any crowd noise stand out. All sounds the same now. Also done away with one quarterback and what he actually said on a football field one time. They've done away with that. That's true. Uh, every every team's fan base now sounds the same on network TV. So when they're saying it is really loud in here, they do that because they've kind of made it so they all sound the same. They don't want to uh, drown out the broadcasters. Yeah. So they could be at Arrowhead in the playoff game or they can be in Jacksonville. It all sounds the same now. All sounds the same. Kind of, really? Kind of sucks. Uh, Go back and watch those late 80s games that are on there. That Bills-Browns game. Yeah. It, it's deafening. And the, and, the, and the other thing is the camera is shaking. Cameras don't shake anymore. They have the equipment. They have the technology. Yeah. You're losing that ability. And they and also... I feel a good cameraman should make it shake. Guys, they should do it on... A purpose. real cameraman would probably slap yes. the hell out of me for saying that. And the I'm signs. The signs are in the view of the camera. Like, people's hands are in the view of the camera, and they've almost eliminated that completely. Probably for a good thing, because it's all supposed to be about the viewer at home. Yeah. Not the people there. You remember how annoyed Jim Donovan well, was when people were... Yeah. Well, press boxes are banging. actually in different spots, though, now, yeah. too, because a lot of stadiums are, are new. And so they put press boxes in places because all this is thought of. I think, what did they do? I think with the new stadium in Minnesota, they were telling, where they walked around and did like the bet, and they decided, all right, this is the new stadium, and the stadium's going to be here for a long time, so we have to decide the very best. The major problems were the booze. The booze were too small. They were too close to the crowd, this, that, and the other. And so they, de- they made decisions. Like, everything's hardwired now, easy. 
Um, so they, they do that because even though it's a stadium and it's meant supposed to be meant for fans, it's a giant television show, as was proved during the pandemic. Phone's ringing, so we're going to have Sam here soon. <laughs> um, I have to tell everybody everything at every time, uh, even though they Owen, probably didn't hear that. That's Owen's me. talking to him right now. Owen he said 92.3 The Fan. He said 92.3 The Fan. He has a uh, very thick Oklahoma accent, and he's trying to drown <laughs> us out while he's talking to Sam Macho on the phone or maybe one of Sam Macho's representatives. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, you too. They're giant television shows, so that that goes into the thought. Like so, like an old stadium, like where the Bills play, maybe it's a little bit different. A place where, and they're actually talking about a new stadium now. Jim will tell you one of the worst places they have to call a game at is in Chicago because of the design of it. You can't see the ball in really? certain places. He can't see it. Jim's not short. Jim, you know, Jim's a normal height. Jim can't see the damn ball. It goes out like the way the overhang hangs over. They said Jason Gibbs sent me a picture one time with the way the overhang hangs over. That's you terrible. Can't, it cuts off half the field. So if somebody throws a decent pass, you lose track of the ball and lose track of things going on. Punts, forget about it. Field goals, you're just watching according to them. Obviously, I've never been there to that. I've been, I've seen, I, I didn't see the stadium. They just watch. The guy in the end zone. They can't see anything else. Sam Ocho. Oh, what were you going to say right before we bring on Sam? I was going to say they don't normally have to worry about good quarterback play there in Chicago anyway. It was a cheap Very shot. Odd. Yeah, there you go. Sam Ocho joining us on the show. Uh, he is. Sam, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. You guys got me? This is incredible. You're joining us live from the Super Bowl. Yes, live from the Super Bowl. I'm on Radio Row. I'm not too far from where the game is going to be played. I'm in a full sweat, actually, because I security wouldn't let me in and i was like i'm gonna run you guys over i was like no i don't play anymore right i retired <laughs> so i had to sprint back to get new credentials so i feel like i'm ready to play a game are you close to what you looked like and when you play because like joe thomas is a different human being you wouldn't recognize him from the joe thomas that was a left tackle and a, and a surefire hall of famer well i played joe thomas right so when i was in arizona and chicago i played joe thomas and i wish uh I would be playing Joe, the Joe Thomas that we see right now on TV. I wish I played against that guy because the other Joe Thomas shut me down. I played defensive end, outside linebacker. I could not get around him. And so weight-wise, I'm relatively close. Um, Size-wise, I'll just say this. I need to get back in the weight room so I can get stronger. I was trying to lift yesterday. And I was like, how come I could only lift half of, of what I could lift when I was still playing? Sam Acho joining us on the show. Nine years in the NFL. I didn't realize it was that long, Sam. What's your favorite memories from your career? Uh, favorite memories from my career, one was sacking Tom Brady. Uh, I was playing with Arizona Cardinals, and I realized, like, obviously Tom Brady is a great and is going to be an all-time great, maybe the best to ever do it. But one thing I realized is that if you sack Tom Brady, that's a big deal. The great thing about sacking Tom Brady is that it's not always about Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. It's about the offensive line, guys like Joe Thomas. And by the grace of God, Joe Thomas did not play for the New England Patriots. So I saw a tendency that they had, and I just ran around the offensive tackle and I dove on Tom Brady. Obviously, he was smart, so he jumped down. I didn't really get a huge hit on him, but I sacked him. I sacked Big Ben. I picked off Eli Manning. Those are probably the highlights that people care about, right? Those are the things where it's like, man, I tell my kids, like, hey, guys, I sacked Tom Brady. And they're like, Daddy, who is Tom Brady? So sooner or later, they'll understand. <laughs> did, did, you ever, did you ever say anything to anybody? Were you ever a, a trash talker? Uh, did you? Because some guys, I mean, you can never hear anything when you're watching these games on TV, and you'll see guys look at each other, their helmets will bob, and I'm like, sometimes it's actually not trash talk. It could be friendly. No, it's for sure. Like, and I wasn't, I wasn't the friendly type, right? Like, I remember, like, for example, um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
Like, he, he's a guy, and even, like, Andrew Luck as well, like, they'd, like, give you a pat on the back. Like, Aaron Rodgers knew about, like, my family. He's like, hey, Ocho, great great job, man. I love what you do in the community. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to hurt you. Why do you love what I do? You know, Andrew Luck, I remember I think I, I, I got close to him. He gave me a pat on the back, like, man, you're doing great out there. I love, I love the way you work, like, during the game. So I was like, I'm supposed to be mad at you. And so I wasn't a big trash talker unless guys started talking trash to me. And then that's when either the competitive juices would start flowing or – I wouldn't say a word, and I would just dominate you on the field. Sam Acho joining us here on the show. I actually remember when your brother got drafted. We're in Cleveland. I remember when your brother got drafted. Uh, your brother's Emmanuel Acho because he got drafted in the sixth round by the Browns. actually cut up the tape of his first interview when he first got drafted. That day three. I remember the Indians were playing the Angels. It was a Saturday. They played the same day, and I think that's when who's, who threw the no-hitter here, Anthony? Because oh, I remember it was God. a major – somebody like – Somebody fake sick to get out of work during the draft and went to that game. It was a major controversy here. Uh, Sam, tell me about Santana. I, I don't know why I brought that up. Give me your best memories with your brother growing up because you're both well-known people. Best memories were playing in the national championship in college. So we played in the Rose Bowl in 2009 against Alabama. Right when Alabama was getting ready to start their dynasty. We were undefeated that year. We played against them. Uh, they beat us. We, our quarter, Colt McCoy was our quarterback. He got hurt. But the coolest thing was to be able to go there, and, and uh, we, we both got a chance like, to do this cool thing before the game, got the whole team together, and everybody has different backgrounds, different beliefs. But there was obviously nerves, right? There were nerves, and we kind of just got there, and we just prayed. Like, weirdly enough, like, we just prayed before the game, and it seemed like the nerves all went down. And Cole McCoy went out there the first uh, – obviously, Cole McCoy played for the Browns, right? He went out there the first series, first quarter, was just dice slicing and dicing against the, the, the Alabama Crimson Tide defense. And then he got hurt, and that's when the thing, the story changed. And so, uh, be able to play in the national championship with my brother. I was there, obviously, when he got the call from the Browns on draft day. I was right next to him. So those types of memories are my favorite. All right, what were your thoughts when you got a call from the Browns when they drafted you? Uh, drafted I, I don't know if I should say this on say on air, you but he was, he was not excited, uh, and not, it wasn't even because it was the Browns. It was because he thought he would go way higher. He got drafted in the sixth round. I was drafted the year before in the fourth round, okay. and so. He was like, I got to beat my brother. This is big bro. I got to beat him. And so when, when the fourth round came and went, but it really when the, the second and third rounds came and went, he was discouraged and disappointed. When the fourth round came and went, discouraged. Fifth round. So at that point, it would not have mattered who called him. Uh, <laughs> he was not excited because he felt like he deserved better, right, than to be a six-round draft pick. And some people say, well, you're drafted. You should be happy. But he's such a high achiever, right? And so he was like, people told me I'd be drafted second or third. Why am I all the way down here? So obviously happy with the opportunity, but just discouraged and disappointed that it was so late in the draft. You know, you you have been able to do so many really cool things, author, podcaster, and you played the game at a very high level. Your your brother, similar, did you know, like back in college, that th- these could be careers that you guys could actually pursue? No, we had no idea. Like, I, we knew, we, we obviously we're doing media stuff now when we played football, which we loved, but... Stuff in the community was some of the coolest stuff we got to do, right? You know, my brother, um, he has his thing with social justice uh, as far as, like, in the States. I, obviously, I do stuff as well. Our family, you know, are from Nigeria. But one of the coolest things I've got a chance to do is uh, be part of this, this organization called International Justice Mission, right? And so what they do is they protect children all around the world from online abuse. What people don't realize is that over the last three years, because of COVID, obviously, people are at home, online abuse has tripled, right? We're talking, like, this is, like, like Sick, sick stuff, right? Like mm. bad stuff that people do to kids, right? And there's like 2 million kids who are trafficked every single year. And so like one of the organizations that I'm actually here with radio on Radio Row with is 
is International Justice Mission. What we're trying to do, right, my brother, all these people, like, we're really guys like, you know, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Albert Pujols, Allison Felix, a lot of football players, Ben Watson who played for the Browns. Like, hey. we're all on this thing called team freedom, right, free to play, making sure kids are free to play. And so we're literally telling people, hey, hey, like, if you want to be a part of it, like protecting children, uh, join us, right? Like, it's not just me or my brother or people who are, have a NFL background. It's, it's people who are moms and dads who want to protect children. So we're saying, hey, go to IJM.org. Uh, slash Super Bowl, and you can sign up uh, to be a part of this free-to-play initiative to protect children all around the world. So that's, I didn't know I'd be doing stuff like this, right? But as you start getting older, and like I said, I think I told you, I have, I have three kids. I have a seven-year-old uh, boy, a five-year-old girl, and a three-year-old boy, and, and they're, they have, I don't have to worry about them. But some people in certain parts of the world and here in America, too, it's like we got to worry about our kids, so that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, it, it's interesting when you talk about social media because these kids are coming up in the age of social media. Like, that's yeah. that's something that we stumbled on later in life, made our mistakes, figured it out. I mean, we get we get threats from time to time. Not so much Ken because he's nicer, but, you know, I'll say something mean about somebody's favorite quarterback, and we'll get threats, but we can take it. That's what we signed up for. Kids did not sign up for this for that. Right, right. And that's the thing. Like, we're, as adults, it's one thing, right, because you feel like you can protect yourself, you have a decision. Dude, but some of these, some kids, especially, like, we're talking online, not even in person. Like people, you know, you talk about Super Bowl and trafficking and all that kind of stuff. And, like, like that's one thing. But, like, dude, there are kids as young as, like, two years old. No joke. Like, I went to Guatemala. I went to the field. And I met, like, two-year-old boys, five-year-old girls, like, who were being abused, dude. And I'm like, what? Like, how is this happening? And the crazy thing is a lot of perpetrators, a lot of the, uh, the, 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 you know, customers are from America. So I'm like, dude, this is that. So like, I have to say, we have to do something. We have to end this. And I think the cool thing about IJM, International Justice Mission, is that like they have a proven model that knows how to end this type of abuse, right? They went to the Philippines with the Gates Foundation, right? You all know the Bill, the Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah. And they were like, hey, there's a ton of like sex trafficking and stuff that goes on in the Philippines. Let's we're gonna give you, you know, some money and we want you to test your theory, right? Like see if you can reduce it by 20% in a span of five years. Well, in five years, they reduced it by 80%, right? Like, they have mm-hmm. a proven model, right? So it's like, dude, this works. And so I'm like, dude, if I could find an organization, you know, it's about teams, right? You want to play on the best team, best organization. If I could find the best organization that can protect, like, the vulnerable. I'm not talking about just adults, the vulnerable, right? People who don't even have, like, I'm sure some of y'all have kids, right? Like, I got to do something. So that's what I'm telling people, dude, like, sign up, be a part of um, – you know, this, we call it free to play. Like, we know what it's like to be able to play with our kids and they're okay and they're safe. Join us. And that's what we're saying. Go to IJM.org backslash Super Bowl. It's like the easiest thing. Sign up. You can give money. You can join the team. You can help, like, save kids' lives. Because this online thing, like you talked about, it's real. Like, there are predators out there. And I, don't, I want my kids to be safe. All right. It's a good cause. And I, w- I do want to give credit because San- Radio Row can be a little bit hit or miss because some years will be like, yeah, great Super Bowl. Guys, I need to tell you about this. And they just keep oh, doing yeah. it. You seamlessly moved right into it. Need 10 out of 10. And then, of course, the cause is really, really good. The website, again, is what, Sam? Yes, IJM.org slash Super Bowl, right? So the letter I, the letter J, uh, the letter M, dot org, dot O-R-G, slash Super Bowl. And, and then you'll literally go right there and you'll learn about, like, how we can, like, use our platform. There's 100 million people who watch Super Bowl in America, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't played in Super Bowls. I've played in national championships. I've been to the playoffs, right? I've gone to the Super Bowl almost every single year, gone and been around, around this thing. And so, like, dude, 150, 100 million people watching in the U.S., 150, if you include people around the world, dude, if we could just get behind a good cause. I ain't talking about, like, the random things people talk about. I'm talking about, like, like we talked about earlier, like online 
uh, abuse. You know what I mean? Like we could be a part of like major change um, for, 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 for the world. And so anyways, that's the website, as we mentioned, IJM.org slash Super Bowl. That's part of the reason why I'm here, right? I'm here to obviously meet with players, talk about sports, talk about the game. I work for ESPN, so I'm picking the game, all these things. But also I'm like, dude, i got to use my platform to, to, for something bigger. Sam Acho joining us here on the show. I'll ask you to repeat that one more time at least before we let you go, Sam. What do the Browns need to do to be back in the playoffs in 2022? So y'all need to figure out what you're going to do at quarterback, right? What obviously, would you do? Baker has been up do? and down. Yeah. Um, if he's healthy, I, I keep Baker. I keep Baker, right? Hopefully, he gets back healthy. But you may need to address the position, whether it's via trade, right? And who knows what those kind of names are, right? There's obviously a lot of big name quarterbacks available, um, or through the draft, right? Defensively, you guys are fine. Uh, even offensively, right? The running game is dominant, um, um, right? Even great tight ends. But obviously, with with Baker being injured, um, that is an issue. That's your quarterback, and so um, there's got to be some kind of backups, reinforcements. Obviously, Case Keenum. I like what he did this year. Um, and even over his career, but I think you have to address that position while keeping Baker because Baker, when healthy, uh, can play. I like the answer. Continue, Tom. Uh, all right, for this for this Super Bowl, uh, everybody seems to have the same diagnosis. You know, they're all talking about how this defensive line uh, for the Rams is going to create havoc and really, you know, get a hold of Joe Burrow. With that said, I mean, how do you go about blocking somebody like Aaron Donald? You don't. I mean, you don't. You could try all you want, put two guys on him, put three guys on him, but that shouldn't be the game plan. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans, and they won the game. You know why? Because they had three interceptions, right? They forced three turnovers on Ryan Tannehill. And then some people say, well, that's just Ryan Tannehill. Like, it doesn't matter. The next week you play Patrick Mahomes. They won that game, too. And, oh, by the way, they won, They beat Patrick Mahomes in week 17 of the season uh, for the division, for uh, – to, to pretty much win the division and guarantee a playoff spot. And so um, it's, not a, it's not a secret, right? Like Jesse Bates, Von Bell on the back end are really good. They're, two, they're one of the best safety tandems in the NFL. But it's not a secret. Joe Burrow was one of the, if not the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. He's been sacked over 62 times. But he's in the Super Bowl. And so, like, don't try to, try to stop Aaron Donald. Try to stop Von Miller. Try to slow down uh, Leonard, Leonard Floyd. But more than anything, rely on your defense, number one. Um, and then also um, – just understand you're going to get sacked, right? You're going to get sacked probably more than once, more than twice, more than three times. But Joe Burrow's so resilient, I think he'll be able to handle it. Sam Acho joining us on the show. So why do you think there was a split between OBJ and the Browns? Um, I think there's a split because offensively, structurally, that, uh, that offense is not built to get it to a superstar receiver. Y'all's offense is built to run the ball play defense right and then throw people talk about like time throws based off of timing and so that makes sense right like boom our offense is built this way but then all of a sudden you have a receiver who over the last couple of years has not been quote-unquote superstar but a receiver who could be that guy right he had over he had 100 uh, plus receiving yards in the last game the last four weeks he's he's increasing his catches in yards and so for me the long and short of it is like he needed to change the scenery sometimes or it's coaches players whatever um that's what he needed and so for me it's a style of offense it's about the style of players in certain schemes, right? Certain quarterbacks would not work in certain schemes, and certain receivers, same kind of thing. If Emmanuel Acho and Sam Acho are the next season of first take, uh, who wins those arguments? Unfortunately, ooh, that's a great question. I was going to say Emmanuel, but I feel like I, I find flaws in his argument, so he makes it sound good. So it'll probably be split. It'll be great TV. So, so yeah, but man, I appreciate you guys. I'm going to pop off now. 
Uh, man, but I appreciate you guys, man. Oh. I got to pop up for Emmanuel starts listening and says, hey, you think I'm going to beat you? This? You think you're going to beat me? He's going to call me and be like, Dude, what do you do? he's in L.A. now, too. So I appreciate y'all. Sam, thank you for the time. Take care. Awesome, thanks. Sam Acho joining us again. This is great. He, International Justice Mission, IJM. Uh, so he org slash Super Bowl. He wanted off the interview, and he Owen did it. Had, Owen gave us the text. You went one too long. I That's was going to rap. But I love how seamlessly he was able to, without saying, guys, I want off this interview. I'm done. Please stop asking questions. He still did it in a very affable way. By the way, JC in Cleveland says, from calling out Gavin Newsom and people locked in their homes to support for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, pendulum is swinging far and wide today, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> It's so good. Wow. That is the tweet of the day. Yeah, we had Kyle Turley on. Congratulations. <laughs> tweet of the day brought to you by Tweets. That's right. Brought to you by Extend Technologies. Yes. Well, I, I just had to get that in again. Uh, we're brought to you by Extend Technologies. Yeah, I can't believe that. That's actually true. What were your thoughts when Kyle Turley said that? Uh, why am I asking questions that you really don't want to answer? I, no, I thought Turley was great. See, that's uh, why we have the program that we do is we allow people to say whatever they want. You and they a go radio on, show, you call it a program. And that's they, not um, something I want to hear. And they uh, they go unchecked. Uh, we will always back <laughs> down, and we will never fight for what we believe in, and that's what makes us different. That's what makes this show spectacular. You can come on our show and say whatever you want. Uh, you can spread propaganda. Uh, you can espouse uh, for things that you may not even believe in. Yeah. It will go unchecked. We will never fight back. We have to keep going. As long as you don't cuss. Yeah, that's all. As long all. as you don't cuss. That's all. Hey, real quick, why don't you binge shows? Uh, I have learned this the hard way because I lived in Parkersburg, West Virginia for two years. Yeah. And I had nothing to do. Very few friends that were outside of the industry. There was nothing to do for two years. Well, I, I had to work. Do. I had to work every weekend. And so I started binge watching The Wire. Okay. I watched Lost. I'd never seen Lost. I never liked Lost. And then I got into Breaking Bad and The Shield. When you binge watch, it becomes a get to the end. It becomes a stare at your phone. And you're not really consuming it the way that it was designed. Remember, these oh, shows. I disagree. These shows up until like Netflix did Ozark and they wanted you to binge the shows. They were not designed to grab your attention the way that you were consuming it. It is wait a week, sometimes two weeks, before you get to the next one. And when the season's over, hmm. you're done for a year, a year and a half. You have to sit on it yeah. and marinate it. You don't just go, season two, episode one. Like, you're not allowing yourself with The Sopranos. You watched it one week at a time. I didn't. And you talked about I didn't either, actually. Yeah. But until the last season, Mad Men, I got caught up. Yeah. And then the last season, I caught up. And Every Sunday. Had to wait a week. Every Sunday. But when you do it like that, you start talking to your friends about it. You talk to your loved ones. You let it marinate. Mm. You talk about the relationships. What were the choices that were made by the director and the producer? The acting you don't go over any of that when you binge watch. You're just like, let's go to the next one. This is amazing. Next one, next one, next one, next one, next one. Let's go. And you don't even remember what happened two episodes ago. So it doesn't leave you. It's fair. It's not as poignant. It doesn't leave you with the the lessons and, I, I guess, some of the themes that they intended uh, upon giving you. I like that. that that's a good theory. Uh, I a, But I'm, I've been staring at succession. I can't shut up about it, can I? I keep mentioning it. What are you going to say over there? You're going to say something, weren't you? 
Uh, tomorrow night after I get home, I'm gonna we're gonna start season three. Lizzie and I. Good, good. It's, it's a excellent. good season. I keep yeah. hearing, I keep hearing that. Wait, is that the current season? Yeah, that's we're the one that just ended. Man, my peas just popped there. Um, uh, Peterlin and I, Peterlin and I were chopping it up okay. yesterday about it. Okay, quickly, and this would be interesting. A topic I, people want tweeted us. Uh, we could we can uh, spill this over to the show. Ah. shows that you were in on and then off on. So I told you, Walking Dead, I gave up. Most of cards. Okay, the not, last season was such a joke. Not just too. for the reasons that yeah. like people bring up Kevin Spacey, it they made him president way too quick, and you like he's having so dream sequence. Right. You're so right. Did you not want to do this? You wanted people to no. think about it, didn't you? Oh, okay, oh, okay. You know what? But I, I hell with it. But Go. I wanted to get mine out there yeah. too. So you gave yours. What was yours again? Uh, Walking Dead, which I think everybody gave up on at some point. You realize they're never getting out of this mess. Uh, also, billions. I loved Peterlin said billions. the same thing. And now I'm out. You you realize when you start to realize, oh, the reason they introduce that new character is because they're out of storylines. And I know all shows do that. They introduce new characters. Sopranos uh did that with yeah. with uh Richie. Yeah, Richie. Yeah. So I understand that. God, also the Sopranos brought on uh the cousin. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, I don't think it worked. Yeah. I don't think it worked at all. He got out of prison and everything. But they, you, you realize. They brought on Dustin Diamond. That got a little weird. No, <laughs> Mr. Belding. Rest in peace. Uh, but Billions I got out on. And also, Mr. Robot's first season was so damn good. And by season three, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Same thing Westworld. Westworld got so out of control. The first season was amazing. Second season, amazing. So I will not just stick with the show to stick with the show. See, that's I, I get nervous about that because that's why I like. There are people, but you know, I love Mad Men, and there are people who ripped the last season of Mad Men and the last really? episode of Mad. God, I oh, love there's people the last who season. Ate the ending. Did wow. you like the final episode? Loved it. I love perfect. the final episode. I, thought I it totally was agree. And remember, totally the, agree. So that you got to understand, the whole show is is about a bunch of themes, but one of the central themes of the show was Don's relationship. With women and himself is and, and think about it and his his young daughter speaking of prostitutes starts to grow up not he's speaking of prostitutes prost- no but, not yep. his young daughter but he's <laughs> he's raised by prostitutes but his his young daughter and an ice fishing ship. as as she evolves and matures over time the last episode if you look the theme of his failings with women they highlight the final episode and there are these memorable conversations that he has on the phone. With Peggy, with his mm. wife, with his ex-wife, uh, these are so seminal to his entire ethos over the span of how many years yeah. that I still, I actually am getting, I'm weird now, I'm geeking out, I'm getting chills thinking about how his shortcomings in those relationships define him. I loved it where it was, it was just, it was a whole bunch of different things mixed together in there. Like there, it wasn't just one big happy ending. It because you knew it wasn't because life doesn't allow that. With that many people, not everybody like everybody here is not going to have a happy ending. And so it's like January Jones. Like it's sad. It's dark. She's smoking. Oh she's going to die. She's, so she's waiting dark. to die. It's so dark. She's waiting to pass away. Um, and then you have you you have Pete who has 
made a mess of himself and like he's living in Omaha. He's got his family back. Like that was a surprisingly good ending. He's like learned a lot of lessons throughout the throughout the show. He lives down the street from Brian Winhurst, I think. Uh, yes, he does. Uh, no, it was it was Wichita. It wasn't oh, Omaha. It was, it was Wichita. Wichita. <laughs> That's where he was moving. He was moving to Wichita, Kansas, and he gets off the private jet. And he just looks like a man finally. finally. Like he's grown up and he's become a man. It, it, like Joan, Joan was starting her own business. Like you don't know if she's gonna if it's gonna work out, but she's trying it. She's trying it. She's gonna do it herself. She's a single mom. Greg was an idiot and a goof. Oh my god! God, what a goof! Joan, what did the taste in men? Joni, what are you doing? What are you doing? He was such a piece of garbage. Um, he was just—he was not a man. He was not a man. And you know, what was Roger Sterling doing in the final season? Oh, Roger Sterling. If that—I mean, oh, he definitely how, dies three years. How later, did right? they tie he up? Dies. Roger Sterling he had like eight heart attacks in the show. Well, him and his daughter, the fact that he didn't he didn't have the relationship that he wanted to have and it dawned on him later, yeah. way too late, that yeah. he has not been a part of her life whatsoever and his philandering has come back to haunt him. That is what I love about the show. Like we love Roger Sterling. We love everything about him. He's funny, he's quick-witted, the way that he could take clients out like nobody else, but you realize he only had one client. Yeah. And that and he was a legacy. And he really did not get the respect of everybody around him. Was like, oh yeah, they throw their jabs in. He was really good at what he did, but they didn't respect him. His ex-wife didn't respect him. His daughter did not respect him. Then he did LSD. That was respectable. <laughs> that, was an, that was an amazing episode. It was such an amazing, a little off the beaten path for that show, but it was uh, very. I just love how they they have a chaperone because they did this. They did yeah. the LSD parties back then. Would you ever do that? I kind of told my girlfriend I would do it. If she I told would do Liz, it, I'd if be she would to do, do it. it. I told I Liz I'd be willing. Kids, I don't think right now, no. Kids, cover your ears. But we want to do it in the most, uh, what, discipline. If there is an appropriate way to do that, we want to a do it. There trip, are podcasts man. about this, about, like, it's your diet. Everything affects this. And people, there are people out there that, it it's to, like party planning, but for yeah. tripping. It has to affect me negatively. I don't I, know. I just, no, people I don't who know. look like me, you just you're gonna have a bad trip. Come on. I don't think that's true, man. Really? I don't. I. It depends what you're doing and where your headspace is before you start it. But that's it's one of the reasons I listen to Pete Holmes a lot. Mm. He does this stuff. He does this guided stuff. With yeah. Ayahuasca and all that. How old about DMT? DMT, how, I believe. How old is Jonas? Two. So it's 16 more years, and 16 more years will be 51, right? Okay. That's when I'll graduate high school. So maybe like my fifteen, my fifty second birthday. We Liz and I go on a guided trip. What do you think? It's like that. Idea? I think, and again, ninety two three, the fan, WKRK, and its sponsors do not, not endorse yeah. uh, yeah. this type of behavior. Well, I'm talking about something that's sixteen, seventeen years in the future here. I don't, you know, I mean, what the hell? Mm-hmm. So you said you'll be fifty one. Two. You'll be fifty two. Fifty one when he graduates, but I assume he'll be in You're college. Wait another year. Yeah. Make sure he gets off to yeah. college. Uh, we'll see. I mean, if he gets off to a do nice, it at the graduation party, you know, right? he doesn't need to do it. He doesn't need to go to college. He, he can do a good apprenticeship as a carpenter or something like that. He can do that I'm too. Doing the math, so you're, you're fifty. I'm gonna be fifty-eight. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 